Today is Thursday, February 9th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. The death toll rises. How you can help earthquake victims. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast. We're bringing news from a Christian perspective. Subscribe, leave a rating, share it with a friend. Email us, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. Let's get through the news of the crater together. That's what we're doing. That's what we do here each and every day. And Billy Hallowell and Trey Gons Phillips joining me as always on this Friday, Junior. What's up, fellas? Well, you know, life is up. We're all happy. We're doing well. Excited <laughs> we're to be up. Here. We're all awake, caffeinated and contented. Yes. Um, That's right. And, I, you know, I think it's always good to, because the news is so crazy, it's good to go through it with a few friends. Yes, indeed. So. And um, we do. And look, there's the earthquake stuff. There's other troubling stuff going on. But uh, we do have a good update. The rooftop pastor has been raising funds. Uh, Bill, you got an update on that one coming up. Oh, yeah. It's pretty crazy. Like millions of dollars. Incredible. Millions upon millions. Yeah. Looking for the details on that. Plus, we'll hear from Jack Phillips, who somehow is still in courts. The guy just wants to (laughs) bake cakes for people. But uh, apparently, it's not that simple these days with activists constantly going after you. So all those things coming up on the podcast today. But first, we're going to get through the news here in... 90 seconds. And during morning interviews yesterday, Vice President Kamala Harris received some surprisingly tough questioning from George Stephanopoulos and Gail King, who asked about people who feel that the Biden administration's economic policies are, quote, making their lives worse, and asked how they're going to dispel that sentiment. Harris admitted that Americans are, quote, still hurting, but promised that Biden is fully aware of the polling and will offer solutions to Americans' everyday burdens. The death toll from the devastating earthquake in Turkey and Syria rose as rescuers faced shortages of trucks, fuel, time, and you can go to operationblessing.org. CBN is on the ground there trying to mobilize to help those in need. There's just been some really heartbreaking images that have come out. You see parents holding hands of their dead children in the rubble kids who were trapped alive and were kind of just barely able to make it out. But the death toll is now over 11,000 people, just a mind-blowing and tragic, tragic uh, earthquake. And what is mommy wine culture? Perhaps you've noticed all the messages on social media or products suggesting that if you're a mom of young children, you need to drink alcohol, particularly wine. Well, CBN's Lori Johnson has more on this concerning trend over at CBNnews.com. You can check that out. Uh, over there. So, uh, guys, a lot going on. And um, I just wanted to start real quick with the State of the Union because we didn't uh, spend a lot of time on on that yet so far. And I thought it was interesting, these questions coming from the mainstream media, because that was one of the criticisms I was seeing in real time during our live stream uh, on Tuesday night. And that it was just that, like you're getting this rosy picture, but everybody I know is you know frustrated at the cost of things it's not necessarily easy right now for a lot of people. And so it seemed maybe a little bit tone deaf. Well, you would have thought that at this point, the president would have, it's so frustrating because politics clouds everything, right? Yeah. You would think you would get on TV and you would say, I know you're feeling pain. I'm the president for all the people, which is what we keep hearing that language, but all the people right now are really struggling. I mean, gas prices, electricity, we can go down the line. So this idea that it's all rosy and positive, I get that that's what you feel you need to do politically, but what do people need to hear? I think that's the bigger and more important question. 
Well, I, that's why I think it's so frustrating that this has just become nothing more than a performance. Like it's a theatrical performance that's so detached from reality that all they're after is like ratings or actually just like little snippets that can in six months be turned into a campaign video. Yeah. So there's there's no actual like real relation to people at all. A hundred percent. And um, it's it's interesting to watch it all unfold. I mean, you, you kind of expect certain things from the media. Um, so no surprise there. But also I wanted to, I, I added the story on the mommy wine culture from CBN's Lori Johnson, which is, I think, a great topic um, because and we'll cover it in our Bible verse uh, later uh, on in the podcast. But it's interesting. This tri- I've seen it where basically parents are out there openly just complaining about their kids. And it's, I, I just don't think, I know people are doing it to be funny, but I, I mean, ima- just imagine if you're your kid, I mean, not a, a toddler's not going to see it, but you know, maybe you got a six-year-old or seven-year-old, like, do you do that in front of them? I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's one of those bizarre things in culture that people like. And I just think it's not help, healthy or helpful at all. I am in a I'm I'm actually in a position here where you will scoff at me probably because I don't think you should make fun of your kids in front of them of course. I've seen a lot of I have seen a lot of people very upset about this and I understand it and I'm not arguing even from a theological perspective here. I I do think that some comic relief is probably warranted and, and maybe help some parents through challenges and in difficult times but yeah you shouldn't mock your kids to their face or whatever but I'm guilty of joking about my kids all the time and I do it because I love I mean it's like a loving thing I'm not you know so I can, I'm not going to sit here and condemn it because I do I do joke about them not again yeah. not to them but to other people I don't know I think it's fun I think it's kids do funny things why can't we laugh about that I don't well, know but but I think there's a difference right I, I mean I think what you're talking about probably doesn't cross the line I mean I'm not saying you can't make jokes about, oh, things are crazy right now. You know, um, sure, I think everybody does that. But when you're like out on Instagram and you're saying you have to get drunk because your kids are off for school for the day, I mean, like, it's just. Right. I mean, it's. Well, it's getting drunk at all is not. Right. A theological. But that's essentially. Table. And that's essentially like the vibe of many of these sorts of, of videos, which uh, I, I probably, Billy, because you're saying. What you do is probably well, not cro- well. well. Okay, partially sane. All right, my, <laughs> I, I spoke a little too soon there, but I, I was. I would assume that most of the stuff you do is just not is you know harmless. Whereas a lot of the stuff yeah. I've seen online is definitely not. Is definitely not harmless. And it it would is not like, be, and it wouldn't. Yeah, and it would not be. I'm drinking alcohol to survive my kids. That right, would not be. Right. I do. I do think though, and the broader argument of you know cracking jokes. I mean, kids. My daughter does ridiculous things, and oh, it's hilarious. Course. And one day she will laugh about it too, right? Yeah. Well, um, so yeah. yeah. Well, I was just going to say, as the one without any yeah. children, I should probably share my opinion of what parents should do with their children. <laughs> um, but I, so I, th- <laughs> I, th- I think it's, I think it's good to laugh. I was a child once, believe it or not. So I think it's good to to be laughed at sometimes and to make light once. of your, yeah, right, once. Uh, but it's good to make light of of, of what you do because kids do dumb, dumb stuff. So I think that's good. But I do think this like drinking culture is. Definitely concerning because you're you're putting this image like the only way that you can get through difficult right. things. One, you're showing me that the difficult thing is my existence as your child. So yep. that's you know one thing. But then two, the only way to really cope with the difficult thing is to consume alcohol. Right. Uh, so that's not necessarily the best lesson you want to teach. Certainly not the good lesson to teach as as believers. But I think it's good to have a, a you know a sense of humor. But alcohol probably probably not the the right solution to your problems yeah 
Concur. Uh, yeah. Concur. Yeah. And also, I would say the general tone of acting like you just right. can't get through life because of your kids. I mean, it just seems... Because of the burden that are your children. Yeah. Or, or if they're I don't gonna... know, guys. There are some days where I'm like, <laughs> at the end children. of the day, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest, because I know there are people oh, listening no. to this who are feeling it at the end. You, at the end of the day, where you're like, I do not know how I survived that day, and it is mostly because my children were terrible. And, if, and I'm being honest. I like, and I know there are people. If your children are terrible, it's because you're terrible. And I don't. I just think there are that days that are true. like that. There are <laughs> days that are like that. And I, and I know every parent can can relate to that but we shouldn't do that that shouldn't be our go-to every day well billy i, I mean i think that, billy as a dog parent yeah well billy, <laughs> uh, trey i think i think you just unlock i think you just unlocked it trey i mean billy saying that you know maybe they're terrible because i'm terrible i mean i think maybe it maybe we just true. solved your parenting issues that you might be having i don't know i don't know we're solving and it's not that they're terrible it's that they're being kids right and they need to be taught but there are challenge there are deeply challenging yeah. days i you know what either i'm going to get excoriated in the comments or you are, Dan. I don't, one of I don't know. We're That's in interesting. It's a coin flip. I think flip. I'm safe. Yeah, you're safe. <laughs> Mark is safe. Right. Because <laughs> no way. I mean, if you make fun of your dog or complain about your dog online. Well, actually, the dog people will probably be worse to you if you uh, That's true. say anything negative about your, do about your dog. That's true. Well, so, Piper's perfect, so I don't yeah, have anything well, to say. <laughs> yeah, well, the barking doesn't uh, paint that picture, but whatever. All right. Well, well that was that was more time than I thought I'd spend in 2023 on mommy wine culture, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, let's let's head on to the next story here and a, a a much more positive one. A pastor that's been almost a year up on a roof on a Chicago building. There's some great updates there. We interviewed him a while back, but what's going on? Yeah, this is as a reminder for those who don't know. His name is Corey Brooks, and he runs an organization called Project Hood. And basically, he spent 345 days living in a tent on top of a cold roof. So this was like during winters, you know, almost a year. And his goal was to be on top of this roof until he had raised enough money to create a transformational community center. This community center is is going to be in the heart of Chicago in a very very difficult neighborhood. Um, this particular neighborhood is called the O Block, this, this corner. It's named after this guy, O.D. Perry, who was shot and killed um, due to gang activity years ago. And so this is a place where there's just a lot of strife. And this pastor, loving his community, really wants to create a place that offers all sorts of resources to young people and helps set them on the right path. And so to draw attention to that, he put himself in a tent, put himself on a roof, and, and broadcasted interviews, wrote for Fox News. He talked with us and lots of others during that incredible experience on that roof. So how much has he raised so far, and what is the ultimate goal? So his goal from the beginning has been $35 million. So picture getting on a roof and saying, I'm going to do this to raise awareness, and I feel God is calling me to do this, and I need $35 million. He has yeah. raised... 20, $28.5 million of that 35. They are going to break ground on this center in April. Um, and so they have enough money to actually get moving on building this massive complex. That's a, that's pretty incredible. I mean, if I made a, I'll be honest, if I made a, uh, you know, push like that, I'd probably be thinking in my head that, I, well, I guess I'm spending the rest of my life up on this roof. Uh, but uh, God provided it and that's really cool. So what, what, but what has kept him going? Because I mean, that's got to be, that's got to be quite the grind. 
Well, yeah, he talked about how, like, during the day he'd have celebrities. I mean, people were coming and supporting him. They would come and, like, visit with him during the day on the roof, right? But at night, he's in that cold tent with a coat on, you know, trying to sleep alone and how lonely it was and how difficult it was leaving his, you know, family, his wife, his church to do that and to be there. Um, He said there were times he wanted to throw in the towel, but he said when you're convinced that God is giving you a vision to to do something, you've got to be convinced that he'll give you the provisions. And... Um, so that, that was really his big, his big takeaway. It was his faith that compelled him and the commitment that he made to this community. He has made a commitment to help this community and this block improve from the violence and the chaos that is unfolding there. Hmm. So why do you think this story, uh, matters has, uh, implications? I think that obviously the immediate implication for this neighborhood is to see how a massive center that has job training, restaurants, basketball courts, trauma, counseling centers, an entrepreneurial school. I mean, it's crazy how much he's planning to put in this, how that will directly impact a community and how much we can learn from that, um, putting that right in the middle of it. But I think the bigger thing is, you know, a lot of us, we feel a calling, but we get really discouraged or we stop you know, that calling because we don't think we're going to have the resources. We don't trust. Um, And this is a guy who not only trusted, he in an insane fit of really something kind of amazing, put himself on a roof in the elements and lived on it for almost a year. And because of that, I mean, think about this, because of that sacrifice, he could transform an entire community. Absolutely. And um, it sure seems like that is in line to happen. And and so that's really remarkable. And and you're right, a test... A testament to what happens when, you know, God is really convicting you of something and when you're doing something that's in line with his His commands, his will, then it, God's going to bless that. And I mean, it might not even always be getting $30 million for your building or whatever, but there will be blessings in that. It's really cool to see someone have the faith to stick it out for that long. So appreciate you uh, bringing that story uh, to us on the podcast today, Billy, and we're going to we're going to transition over now to the main thing and talk about Jack Phillips, who th- this is not the same story that we talked about, you know, years ago when we had Jack Phillips on and he was getting sued over not making a, a gay wedding cake. He's been sued again and he keeps just getting dragged back into court yet again. So uh, Billy talked with Jack Phillips about the saga that's going on, how he ended up back in court again, how it's going, and uh, where he sees things headed. That's today's main thing. So, Jack, let's dive right into your reaction to the Colorado Court of Appeals ruling last week. Would love to hear what you were thinking after that. Yeah, well, first of all, I always like to make it clear that at Masterpiece Cake Shop, we serve everybody who comes in, but we can't express every message with our custom cakes. So when the ruling came down, it was not unexpected. It was disappointing because uh, I think the uh, court got it wrong that they uh, should be able to grant me the right to freely express and say messages that I want to and not be compelled to express messages that I don't. And this cake was a message. The person that called us called us on the day that the uh, U.S. Supreme Court announced that they were going to hear our case and asked for a cake that was pink on the inside and blue on the outside and that those colors were symbolic and that they were to express a message that uh, this person had changed from a male to a female. 
So this was a gender transition cake, essentially. They made it clear what they wanted. You know, before we even get into the details of that, because people have been following your story for a long time, you've been, you have spent years now, you've already been to the Supreme Court, you've already done that, and and here you are now dealing with a new case at the state level um, over this gender transition you know, cake. I mean, this is, it's, it's absolutely wild to me that you've dealt with this twice. You've had these two separate battles. What keeps you going in this battle? Because it would be easy to just throw in the towel at this point. Well, my faith is the main thing that keeps me going, but this is also such an important uh, case for all Americans because no American should be forced to speak messages that they don't want to. And with ADF's help, we've been able to fight this battle for over 10 years now. And, uh, Jake can explain some of the details of how and why, but uh, that's why it's it's an important case for everybody. Well, Jake, I'll, I'll go to you and then I want to come back, obviously, Jack, and go through the, the specific story so people understand all the details leading up to this and not just, oh, there was a cake refusal. We want to break into what, what that really looked like. Um, but Jake, take us through, in your view, because you have another case right now that the Supreme Court is going to be hearing a separate case, 303 Creative. <clears throat> what needs to happen at the Supreme Court level, right? Uh, help people understand this. In, in order for this issue to be settled. We need a, a clear, strong ruling from the U.S. Supreme Court affirming the right of all artists to say what they believe without fear of government punishment. A win for Jack in this case or a win for Lori Smith and the 303 creative case is truly a win for all Americans. No one should be forced to say things that they don't believe. So if the Supreme Court rules in favor of Lori Smith, it would protect not only artists like Jack Phillips, but artists who have wholly different views on some of life's biggest issues. For example, a win for Lori Smith would protect an LGBT website designer. The government shouldn't be able to force that website designer to create custom websites for the Catholic Church criticizing same-sex marriage. Free speech is for everyone. The government shouldn't be in the business of playing favorites. Well, it is interesting because there have been a number of people who have in the LGBTQ community come up in these cases and supported, you know, the Christians saying, look, we wouldn't want to be forced if somebody came to us and said, we want you as a print shop to print, you know, something for our church, for instance, or maybe something that was perceived as being anti some sort of group of people that they wouldn't want to do that and they shouldn't be forced to do it. So it is interesting to see that, you know, unfold and happen in this way. Now, Jack, I want to get back to this, this particular battle that you're in now. You already dealt with the, the same sex couple case and you had that, you've had that battle going on. When this call was made for the cake, and you declined it, what was going through your mind? Did you ever imagine that you would end up going back through the system the way that you've had to? No, the, the day that this uh, case, uh, the day that this cake was at, requested, yeah, the day that this cake was requested was the day that the U.S. Supreme Court announced that they were going to hear our case. And it was a crazy day at the shop. It was really busy. And, and this attorney in Colorado called us up on that particular day and asked us to create this cake that was blue on the outside and pink on the inside and told us that those colors were symbolic of, of the uh, gender transition, changing from a man to a woman. And we, you know, our minds were pretty much on going to the U.S. Supreme Court, where we ultimately won, seven to two. And uh, we had never expected this case to be anything more than just a, a crank phone call. But now we've gone through this case twice. Uh, the person, the attorney that filed a complaint, filed it with the state of Colorado. The same, same Civil Rights Commission 
that sued us at the U.S. Supreme Court decided that they had probable cause to sue us again. So they took it up and then they ultimately dismissed the charge. And now the case that we're in is uh, uh, at the Colorado Court of Appeals. We just lost that one. And it's a civil uh, personal lawsuit. But there are other cakes. This is always a focus. But there are other cakes that we decided before we opened that we wouldn't be able to create uh, cakes that would insult or denigrate other people, cakes that were un-American, uh, cakes that celebrated Halloween, or even cakes that celebrated marijuana or way back then, same-sex marriage. But it was always the message of the cake. It's never the person who asked for the cake. Well, and I think that's an important distinction here. Um, and, and you've made that point before, and, and it gets lost in the mix of this, which is, is that frustrating for you when you read headlines or you see what people are saying when, when people are not delineating that difference between the person and let's say you know, the, the issue itself. Yeah, that's why I'm always grateful to be able to speak on a on a platform like yours to try and explain to people that it's always the the what and not the who. It's never the who. It's always the message of the cake that people ask for, and so we have to decline many cakes because of the message that it might promote. Yeah, I I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but I do want to ask this question because you hear it all the time. People will say, okay, but you have your values and you have what you, you know, you have what you believe and that's great. But why don't you just bake the cake? Just do it. Why, why is it a big deal? What do you say to those people when they come at you with that sort of claim? Like I already said, this case is just too important to just bake the cake because the cake speaks so much more than just, it's not just butter and eggs. It's, it's a message. The, the wedding cake in the first case is symbolic in and of itself. If you walked into a conference room at a hotel and you saw a cake in the corner, nobody would have to tell you that it was a wedding reception, that a marriage was to be celebrated. You would know that because of the message that cake inherently carries. And same thing with this new cake. Um, this cake, we were told what the colors were symbolic of and that it was a message. And so no American should be forced to create and express a message that they disagree with. That was Jack Phillips. For more on his story and to hear the entire conversation, you can head over to the CBN News YouTube page and you can head over to CBNNews.com. All right, Billy, thanks for that conversation with Jack Phillips. Appreciate uh, getting to hear from him on the podcast today. And that leaves us with time. For one last thing, and I thought it appropriate to take a look at Psalm 127.3, children are a blessing and a gift from the Lord. Right, Billy? Yes, they are. They are <laughs> a blessing. No, they they really are. They are. And I think that in those hard moments, you have to remember, you have to be able to see through those hard moments because yeah. they're brief, right? Yep. Um, and, and parenting is an amazing thing. It teaches you way more about yourself than you could oh, ever yes. imagine. Oh, yes. Absolutely. <clears throat> Yeah, I just think it's so so great to have these verses that we can focus on in a culture that so is uh, constantly attacking, I guess, the nuclear family, right? Mm -hmm. We're constantly going after the, the family structure that God created, but this is what we're designed to do, right? We're designed to multiply and fill the earth uh, and, and share the glory of God and the goodness of, of the gospel. So what a beautiful verse, I think, to, to focus on today. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think you're right, Billy, about that. It's It's... A lot about us when you when you parent, like you learn about a lot about yourself as a parent, and it's great for the sanctification process. Nothing will, nothing will uh, work and help you grow your patience uh, more than parenting, I think. So, um, all right, well, Lord willing, in that creek don't rise. We'll be back here tomorrow with more news from a Christian perspective. God bless. We'll see you back here then. <laughs>